from the verb innovare, which means simply to innovate, to reform, or to change. But what is innovation? It's often tough to define, but we know it when we see it. It's a new idea, creative thoughts, new imaginations, methods, theories, it's bettering ourselves. But we take these actions often out of necessity. So what if we could harness the scrapper mentality, the hustler, the actions of those who are just trying to survive and put it into everyday use? This is my passion project. I've attended some of the world's largest innovation conferences, developed the latest and greatest technology, and produced change within organizations who were built on and preach tradition. Now I'm here to help entrepreneurs and everyday individuals make small changes and establish a new normal through new methods, ideas, and standards to change your life forever. I'm Roy Edwards, and welcome to the Innovare Project. I welcome you to Innovare. Yeah, this is where we innovate. This is the podcast where changes all made. If you're not growing, then you're dying. Innovation is the key to surviving. This is Innovare, where we scared to make that change and create a new way. Uh-huh. If you're ready to learn and sit back and just chill, it's about to get real. This is Innovare. What's up, guys, and welcome into the Innovare podcast. I'm Roy. Roy Edwards, I'm your host, and welcome on in, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me again for another episode, and this is a great one. His name is Paul Beam. He's a veteran. He's a life coach. He's an ordained minister, and he uses his faith to instruct men to guide and find purpose in their lives, which is awesome, and you don't find many people doing that these days, where this conversation went I think you guys are really going to enjoy. We went over his childhood. We went over his life choices, what's led him down the path of where he is now in terms of his duty and what he believes has called him and how he tries to help others find their higher standard on the way that they're living their lives, and which includes finding one's identity and living intentionally. I, I feel like in, in today's world, we're all stuck on autopilot. We're all running around. We're all doing the things that we believe that, you know, we just should be doing, right? We just have to check this list off, check this off, check that off. But we're not really doing it intentionally. I do this a lot where I'll be driving and all of a sudden you'll look up and you'll go, oh my gosh, did I miss my exit? Oh my gosh, did I miss my turn? Where am, where am I? For a split second. Because you realize that you've been driving on autopilot, whereas you're, you're just driving, there, you didn't get in a wreck and you were probably still driving safely, but your brain went to this point where you're on autopilot and you're just doing and just going through the motions. You're not doing anything intentionally. You're not active in the way that you're driving. And so oftentimes we do this with our lives too, where we're just moving. We're just doing whatever it is that we're doing and we're not doing it with intention. We're not active in our own lives. And that's what we get into today. We get into intentionality and more so living a life of service of others rather than servicing ourselves. And that is something that we definitely have to do intentionally because by nature, we don't serve others. By nature, we are self-serving individuals. As humans, we are selfish and self-serving. Today, we get into serving others and doing so intentionally. So, I'm excited about this one, guys. Welcome into the Innovari Podcast. Before we get started, please, guys, go like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you are. We're on YouTube as well. I would greatly appreciate that. That helps us big time in terms of rankings, in terms of distribution, and it uh, it's really all we ask. That's, that's really the only thing that I will ask of you before you check out this interview. So, that's enough of that. My man, Paul Beam. Let's get started. Paul Beam is a proud veteran who served in the U.S. Marine Corps from 2000 to 2004. In 2013, Paul decided to make some changes and finish his studies. During his course of study, Paul founded Man Camp in 2015 and would later form the True North organization in 2016. 2017, Paul graduated from 
Concordia University, where he obtained his BA in Com, Religious Education, and Psychology. He has since obtained credentials in life coaching, creates and instructs courses for men, hosts the True North Man podcast, speaks on vision, identity, purpose, and life change. He is also an ordained minister. Welcome into the Innovare podcast, Paul Beam. Paul Beam, what's up, my man? How are you? Thanks for having me, brother. I'm good. I'm doing really good. So that's, you me on today. yeah, dude, I, I'm pumped to have you here, man. And that's a mouthful that we just went over. So you, uh, <laughs> you've accomplished uh, quite a, quite a good bit. So, so far in your journey of life, and I'll, I'll start with your first sentence, uh, if you don't mind. And that is, uh, your time in the Marines. So I, I've, I've had a bunch mm-hmm. of people who come on that are military people. I've had maybe six or seven different guests that were, that were military. And they all have a, uh, a story to tell about the military or something that shaped them. Or, um, but let's start there. What, what was your time like in the military and, and what's your, ultimately, what's your backstory? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll just start with the military because that'll, that'll make it a lot easier to go over my backstory. <laughs> uh, I could go over my childhood as well. And ultimately, that leads to the Marine Corps. But um, I was in the Marine Corps from 2000 to 2004. Uh, basically joined just as a way to prove myself to me uh, and to kind of earn that title, I believe, uh, that says I did something worthy. You know, I I believe that uh, originally going into the Marine Corps, it was more selfish than it was um, service-oriented, although uh, I believe that later it became more about uh, the service part of it once I was in had been through boot camp um, started getting into my unit and really getting to know those that I was serving with uh, you know just your, your mind kind of shifts your heart kind of changes so but uh, yeah 2000 2004 <clears throat> I was married at that time had uh, our first child in 2001, once we had landed in Cherry Point, North Carolina, that's where I was stationed at. And of course, uh, I was overseas for nine months on 2-6 Mu, the, the last part of my um, time in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was blessed. I was, I was blessed enough that I didn't, I didn't have to see uh, too much crazy stuff uh, while I was overseas. Uh, and I say that. Uh, reluctantly, because there are a lot of people. I mean, that's what I joined for, right? And I say that I was blessed. I, I guess what I should say is, I was blessed that um, that I didn't lose any limbs. I wasn't disabled. And I didn't lose my life. I came back home to my family, and so uh, to that degree, yes, I, I was certainly blessed. And then beyond that, <clears throat> 2004, got out of the Marine Corps decided to head back to Texas where I had no idea what I was going to do. And, uh, I just knew that I didn't feel like the Marine Corps was for me, um, for 20 years, like I had originally set out to do. And so once I got home, I got into sales. I was in the oil field for a number of, uh, or for a stint. Um, I was in management for a stint. Yeah. And then, uh, I had my own auto, uh, detail and power washing business for a while. So there's quite a few things that, that I did. And, and of course, over the, um, the duration of that, that time, <clears throat> there was, uh, you know, my, my life was just kind of whimsical. Uh, I was kind of aimless, just w- wandering about, not really with any kind of destination in mind. Um, not really knowing who I was, uh, you know, once you get out of the Marine Corps, once you get out of the military, and a lot of veterans can attest to this. It's, you know, that's your identity while you're in, especially at such a young age, because they really shape you and form you. Once you go to boot camp, I mean, they break you down and build you up. And that's that becomes your identity. And so getting out <clears throat> when you're no longer serving, it's one of those things you're just kind of left uh, trying to figure out who you are when you don't have mentors or anyone to kind of speak into your life. It's it can take some time and certainly trial and error without a doubt. And so that's, that's the case for me. And I ended up, let's say I was married for 10 years, ended up divorced in 2011. had three, three children with uh, my first wife. And then in 2013, moved to the Austin area. Uh, Things kind of started shifting in my mind and my heart. 
and I started attending school in 2014, decided to go ahead and use my GI Bill and finish out my degree. And yeah, so uh, religious education, communication, and psychology, that's that's what I landed on. Uh, There's probably, uh, I don't know if you've heard the statistics, but most people in the college realm, they, they end up changing their their course of study uh, two to three times over the yeah. course of their career. And that was certainly the case for me. So I didn't start out with communication, religious education and psychology, uh, but that's where I landed after um, years of, of thought and just kind of trying to figure out the direction that my life was headed and kind of the things that I felt I was supposed to be doing and the purpose that I was called to in life. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So the statistics on changing in college are pretty high. It's, it's pretty crazy. It, yeah. I, I actually did a, a podcast on that and how majority of people like we're called to, and this will, this will play directly into our, in our conversation. And sure. I'm sure is that, you know, you have your purpose. Everyone, Oh, find out what you want to do with your life. And we're told that <laughs> when we're like 17, what do you want to do with your life? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I, yeah. I have a 10 year old and I ask him now, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And it's not, I don't do it in a sense of like, know what your profession is and more <laughs> of just like, what are your general interests is what I'm trying to figure out so I can help him prepare. But sure. the world asks that question and they say, you know, what do you want to be? And they mean it when you're in high school, they say, what do you want to do? Because we're going to send you to a college based on that decision as you as a 16, 17 year old child, uh, we're going to direct your life down that path. And you get in, you get into college and it's like the change rate is something like 60%, 60 to 70% of people change. And then when you get out of college, then it's something, it was, it was still about half of people didn't know what they wanted to do, even though they just spent the last four years of their life studying for something that they thought that they wanted to do and they switch fields. So uh, how did you reach to those three? Because those are pretty unique, man. The, what are the religious studies, communications and psychology? Sure. Yeah. 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 So I I think one of the major, uh, one of the major problems with, with going to college at such a young age is the fact that we, uh, our minds haven't fully developed and matured, you know, for the most part. I mean, you've got 16, 17, 18 year olds in college and especially when it comes to young men, they're, they haven't fully developed. And beyond that, they just haven't had much life experience yet. You know, I think that they're still trying to find their identity. And now, now this is the, you know, the, I wouldn't say the majority of people find, how am I trying to say this? I would say the majority of young men, especially at that age, do not know who they are yet. They have not figured out quite who they are. They're still trying to figure out their identity. Um, Now, there are those special cases where young men and young ladies will be raised in a wholesome family with parents that were raised in a wholesome family Mm -hmm. and can offer them advice and insights. And they're they're kind of beyond their years in, in regards to maturity. Um, and so for me, I believe that, um, I was even behind the curve on that, but fortunately I was also in my thirties when I was a college student. And so I had already lived life. I'd already been through a crazy childhood, crazy teenage, uh, life. I'd been through crazy stuff in the Marine Corps. And then I'd been through marriage and divorce and children. Um, I'd been through all kinds of stuff and experienced so many different things. And so once I landed in college, uh, it was, it was a little bit easier for me. I I feel like I had to just pick a course of study initially and I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that. And so I started out, um, I thought I was going to go into ministry, full-time ministry. And so I started out, I think it was like, um, pastoral education or something like that. And then it switched over to, um, oh goodness, what was that second one? Anyway, it was another title that was in ministry. But then over the course of time, I started thinking, all right, well, 
I think what I really want to do is kind of help men start tapping into who they truly are. I want to kind of help them start pulling back, peeling back the onion on, you know, what their life has brought them to, to this point. Some of that's going to be emotional. Some of that, some of that's going to be uh, spiritual. Some of that is going to be intellectual. You know, we have all these components uh, that make us up. And so I was thinking, well, psychology would actually be a good route to go so that I can start learning how to help our minds truly work. Um, and then as far as the, the spiritual uh, disciplines, you, you know, the religious education, I just knew, OK, well, from my uh, background, of course, I, I'm, I'm Christian. And so so I look at everything from a biblical standpoint, biblical point of view. And I knew that I wanted to be able to help people uh, understand better, you know, these biblical concepts, these biblical principles and help that help them roll that into who they are um, in life and how they function in life and the purpose that they're serving. And as far as communication, I just knew, I mean, who could, who out there could not use a little bit of training and communications, right? I mean, whether it's digital communications, whether it's speaking, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Once we get out and we start promoting ourselves, once we get out and really start uh, functioning in business and trying to make life happen and make a difference, you have to know these different avenues, these different tactics for communicating. And so for me, it was just simply taking all the stuff that I feel is a part of who I am and combining it into one um, so that I could be better equipped to help men, you know, tap into their identity and their purpose and uh, ultimately live in a more fulfilled life. And so I believe that that's as far as those three components, it took me a lot of years to figure that out. Yeah. Like I said, I was I was well into my 30s. Um, but those three, I knew that I could switch my degree plan one last time and I would be fulfilled. I would be okay with knowing I walked away with a bachelor's degree and those three things and those would help propel me forward in everything that I'm doing, you know, up to now. Yeah. I have a similar bachelor's degree makeup. So mine is okay. communication. So I've, I've long been, um, I don't know, extremely interested, I'll say, in the way people act, portray themselves, and communicate. And so a lot of the communication, you know this, you studied, is nonverbal, right? The way that we act, the way that we enunciate, the way that we, you know, speak with our hands, right? Right now I'm like throwing my hands around, right? That's part, that's all part of communication. So that was a big part of me. I studied... I studied uh, nonverbal communications. I got multiple books back here that are all about body language. And uh, yeah. there was this book that I read when I was like, I don't know, I think it was like 18, 19. It was called The Game by Neil Strauss. And he was like this pickup artist, right? And so what he always talked about and like his whole thing was you can reinvent yourself through these basic communication principles to portray yourself as more likable, attractable, trustworthy, etc. Right. And it was all these different things that you could do. Now he used it to pick up girls, but I read it because I wanted to try and read it to see how I could use it in everyday life. You know, it was like, okay, let's, let's talk about these principles of standing up straight, you know, or speaking, speaking clearly, enunciating, using your hands, not putting your hands in your pocket and kind of, you know what I mean? These ways that you can stand that will show interest. So people will, will, perceive you as that you're actually paying attention to what is it that they're saying and you're not like staring off into the into the stars and stuff like that so i was big on communication too man i was all about that my other two were psycho uh sports psychology so you you got one end of the spectrum i have the i have the sports side of things which is mostly like how your mind uh reacts to like rehabilitation and challenges and actual force and competition and then the, and then the third one was history not really, you know, you're, you're, you went the religious route, um, which I'm Christian as well. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely read the good book, but history has long been part of my inner workings too, man. And all three of those, mine were by chance, kind of, it was just stuff that I was like interested in, in college and, and just to get myself out. But those three together have drastically helped me when I got into the business world. Mm -hmm. It was crazy 
the amount of skills that you pick up with in communication and psychology, those two alone in your everyday workings and everyday whatever you could, you just getting out of bed the right, (laughs) the right way communication and psychology play a, a huge role in everything that you do every day. So that's that's pretty. I, I love those those three topics. And, and dude, we could do a whole freaking podcast here for an hour just talking about those three. Um, yeah, absolutely. But tell me a little bit about. Let, let's get to that. Let's let's take it back a notch where you were just talked about how you wanted to help people, right? And so you, you said sure. you wanted to help men. That was your, your the whole purpose of you going into those three topics of education and to get out was to help people, right? And so. What when you're talking about helping people, I've heard you use a few different words that, and I have a couple of them here written down, right? I, I see purpose, I see life change, and I see identity. There's a couple other there that we'll we'll touch on afterwards, but identity, purpose, and life change, right? Those are some big words, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with big definitions. Yeah. So sure. first off, what is purpose defined mm-hmm. as you? When we talk about that, you're going to help people find purpose. What is purpose defined as defined by by you? Yeah, sure. So purpose ultimately is what we you know one of the many things that we could have been created to do. Uh, and to your point earlier, um, purpose is not necessarily something that we find. We don't find purpose. We find our identity. Okay, we figure out. And, and when I say we find our identity. Over time, as we mature, as we progress, as we evolve, whatever you want to call it, we begin to figure out who we are, who we truly are at the core, what our functioning, what our foundational principles are, our foundational values, the way we want to show up in the world, the, way, the, the things we want to do in life, uh, the impact that we want to have, the legacy we want to build, so on and so forth. And from there, uh, you know, everything we do after we truly figure out who we are, then begins to turn into purpose. Then we can start to really say, okay, well, these are my interests. Uh, These are the things that bother me in life that I would like to, you know, fix. Um, There's so many different questions that, that we can ask when we're really starting to help people um, tap into their purpose. We'll use that tap into their purpose. Okay. Now I do believe that we cannot hold too many purposes because it's like anything else in life. When we try to balance, juggle, handle too many things in life, something starts to fall to the wayside. Something, uh, starts to lose our attention and, then we cannot truly excel at it. So I do believe that when we're tapping into purpose, we truly have to have just a couple of things that we are really focused on that really fulfill us, but also make an impact in other people's lives. So I I also believe, I'm of the belief that our purpose is not for our ultimate fulfillment. Our purpose is to edify and uplift the lives of those around us. Mm. And whatever that looks like, and that's different for everyone, especially when you start talking about, uh, you know, biblical principles. Yeah. Uh, scripture tells us that everyone has their own gifts. Everyone is a different part of the body functioning together as one body. You know, so somebody's a finger, you know, it sounds silly, right? But right. if that finger is not doing its job, well, then we don't function together as a whole effect as effectively as we possibly could. Um so we all have our purpose. We all have our function in life. It's up to us to really start figuring out who we are, what our gifts are, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, what our passions are, what our life story is, and what we've learned from our life story, the strengths that we have from everything that we've been through, everything from victory to adversity. Uh, all of that has created us and shaped us and honed us into who we are. And it's up to us to really latch on to something we feel is going to be fulfilling. Uh, because at the end of the day, if it's not fulfilling, I feel like we, we will lose interest in it. But also there's that balance, right? Like it's not just fulfilling for us, but it's edifying and uplifting and life changing for those around us. Because ultimately, that's what we're here to do is make a difference in the world. And that is 
as selfless as it, it could be. So you t- you just tapped on a few different things there that I'm gonna I'm gonna unpackage. So one you said was that it had fulfillment, right? And finding purpose, there's fulfillment in yourself, right? Like, and so I do subscribe to the fact that they, that you can't find, and I, I use that in quotation marks, you can't find your purpose because it's not lost. That's my view on purpose is that generally when you are finding something, that's because you didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. And so our purpose to, to me, the way that I see purpose is that it was designed for us prior to our birth. So it's not something that we cannot, you know, it's not something we can just find because it's not lost. It's there from mm-hmm. the time we were born and it'll be there until the time we die. And it's just whether or not when about we discover the fact that it is, you know, whatever it is, right? It'll always be there. We not might not necessarily know that we're using it or we're <laughs> living it out. Right, but you you mentioned a, a, a key word there in terms of fulfillment, because there are things that I might think are just freaking awesome, and and I could do them for hours, and you know, no no boredom, just like totally, I could do it all day, every day, and it's just it just brings me great joy. That exact same task to you, you could say, my God, Roy, how can you do this? This is the most boring shit I've ever done, and so to me. that's kind of the guiding light in terms of your identity, who you are as a person. And then the more you know your identity, the clearer your purpose helping others with that purpose becomes. And so how do you you talk about – because you you just unpackaged a lot there um, when you're talking about fulfillment. And so what – to you, what is the – what is the – the, the findings of fulfillment, like how do you follow fulfillment? Like, are there certain ways where you're like, okay, this feels good. I should find more of that kind of a thing. Or, or what's the, what's the roadmap to, to purpose through fulfillment for you? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Yeah, and that is something that we could probably, man, we could dig, we could dig pretty deep on that in, in the episode in of itself. But uh, to me, <clears throat> I think when people are, are, are seeking fulfillment, right? Like we're all seeking something. We all want to feel better. We all want to feel this sense of peace, the sense of joy. Um, we want to feel like we're not walking around with a hole in our chest. And so I believe that ultimately when people begin to operate out of their true identity and start fulfilling the purpose that they latch on to, um, that hole that was once in them where they're constantly searching, they're constantly looking around in life, trying to figure out, man, what's next? Man, this just, it's just, I don't know. Something's got to change. There's got to be something different or better out there. That desire no longer exists. It's like you wake up every day, even if, I mean, because some days are going to suck, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean we can't be fulfilled. So you wake up every day knowing, all right, I'm going to my office. I'm going to record a couple podcast episodes with some really awesome dudes. And I'm going to figure out how to create another course, knowing that it's going to change men's lives. I'm going to get ready for my next event that I host, knowing that it's going to change men's lives and not only change men's lives, but change their, their marriages and change their families and then change their communities because we start helping them. You know, and so for me, like when I wake up, I'm like, I love doing this. I love being on this call with you right now, just going back and forth, me learning from you, you learning from me, the audience listening and learning, hopefully whatever they're going to learn from this conversation that we're having. To me, this is fulfilling. I look forward to this. Now, do I wake up every morning saying, yippity, yippity, I get to jump on another call today? No, because there's just some days that we're human, right? And we're like, man. No, I got to call. I got to do this. I got to do that. But that fulfillment is still there. It's still, I'm st- so basically I'm not looking for what's next in life. Yeah. Like I may be, I may be like, I may not be looking forward to the day all the time, but I'm not looking for what's next. I'm not trying to search and find something that is going to make me joyful and peaceful and fulfilled. Yeah. 
I hope that makes sense. No, absolutely, man. And you, and you hit some key points there. Whereas people, I feel like people feel like if you find who you're supposed to become and your purpose and, you know, all of a sudden you're going to wake up and it's all going to be unicorns and rainbows and every day is going to be the greatest day ever. You know, you see all that, that crap posted all over Instagram where it's like, find your purpose and you'll never work a day in your life. No, man, like you're going to have to put in the same hard work, probably more. You'll probably work harder than you've ever worked before once you find it because it you're going to have that burning in you where you're like I can't go to sleep because I have so much more that I have to accomplish and you're going to you know you're going to have so much more things to do and you're going to be so much clearer in what it is that you want you want to become ultimately and the work that you're going to do is going to skyrocket yeah and i feel like yeah. people people miss that you know people think that oh well once i find purpose then i'm just jump roping that's all it is i'm out here I'm just out here having fun, having, having easy, a, easy. right. Life will be easy. Whereas I think it goes the other route, man. Like I, I think that you find your purpose and that's life just got hard because you've got a lot more work to do in front of you kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I always tell guys that I'm coaching is my life was easy until I decided I wanted to be a different man until I decided that I wanted to stop living a selfish life and start living a selfless life. My life was very easy because it was all about me. Right. Yeah. And then when I decided I wanted to change, when I figured out who I truly was and that my life was not just about me, life is difficult. <laughs> it gets very difficult at times. Um, but that's okay because it's also very fulfilling. And I know some people may not understand that. It's like, how can those two exist together? Well, it can. I don't know how to explain that exactly right now. Um, I, I would need a little more time to think on that, but I do know that it can, they can coexist. Adversity and fulfillment can coexist. Absolutely. hundred percent, man. I, I think adversity and we all have that struggle, whatever, whatever it is, right? There's something that either happened to us, which I don't believe I am of the thought process that nothing really happens to us. It happens for us. But yeah. there is something that happened in our lives that has transformed us either to a way of thinking or to a way of being. And mm -hmm. for some people, it's physical. For others, it's mental. For, um, you know, there's, there's lots of different things that, that it could be. And that adversity will build you closer and nudge you, kind of kick you over to where you're supposed to be in terms of of purpose. If you get too out of line, you're opening up the wrong doors, you're running down the wrong path, you're going to get a, a swift drop kick right back onto your alignment path of where it is that you're supposed to be. And that can be seen as adversity, that can see, be seen as troubles, that could be seen as tons of different things, right? But ultimately, it makes up who you are, how you see the world, how you see yourself. And what leads you into whatever is the next dot O, right? In tech speak, yeah. you have your applications, you have 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, you got your upgrades, right? Adversity leads to upgrades as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. And Absolutely. So let's get into that, your thought on those other words that I didn't mention. And one of which is vision. Now, uh, first off, what is, how do you define vision? And then, before the show, you had talked about how vision plays into purpose. So how, what is yeah. vision and then how does vision ultimately play into purpose? Sure. Yeah. So our vision is going to flow from our identity without a doubt. We have, once again, identity is the foundational component. Knowing who we are, knowing what our values are, knowing that, knowing that everything we do in life is going to flow from that. And so from that also flows our vision. And before we really start pursuing our purpose, we've also got to really take hold of our vision. We've got to cast vision, right? <clears throat> and so the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. And now we can go through this scripture, and it doesn't directly relate to having a vision of the, the future, right? They're more talking about vision being uh, the truth, the truth of scripture, the truth of the word, Um but if you really continue to follow that scripture, it really does lead you back around to having 
a vision for your life. Okay. Um, so it's super important that we understand that we must cast vision for the future. So in other words, I know who I am as Paul Beam. I know what I feel my creator has called me to do. I feel that my creator has called me to challenge, encourage, and equip men to rise up and be the absolute best men that they could be and fulfill their purpose. And I believe that that in and of itself is a catalyst for changing the world. The, we see the, we see the state that the world is in right now. Um, and so for me, that is a grand vision for doing my service and serving men in that manner. My grand vision is that the world will be changed because I know that ultimately that is what our creator would want is for us to all live unified rather than divided. Mm -hmm. And so that is just an example of mine. And so other people may have a different vision and that's okay, but it's super important that people say, all right, my life's work is going to produce what? So the purpose that I'm fulfilling, it's going to do what in the world? What impact is it going to make? And from there, every individual has to fill in that blank. I cannot do it for them. I could do the work with them to help lead them to what their grand vision would be. But ultimately, they have to fill in that blank. And some of it is just naming it, right? It's just saying, look, I'm going to do X, and I know it's going to produce Y and Z. And that is exactly what I want. And that can come there again from our passions. That can come from the gifts that we've been given. It can come from the talents that we've been given. It can come from the knowledge that we uh, acquired through the years or the skill sets, so on and so forth. Um, there's so many different ways we can get to that. But ultimately, vision is us being able to allow our purpose and our identity to really help us see into the future of what we would, the impact we would like to make in the world. And so how much of that is manifestation? How much of that is like, do, yeah. you, do you subscribe to manifestation first off? Yeah, well, so I have not studied uh, honestly have not studied manifestation exactly what that means. This is what I hear when I, when I hear the word manifestation and when I see gurus talking about manifestation, uh, it's almost like a name it and claim it type mentality. It's like, if I visualize this enough every morning, I meditate on it every day, I'm talking about it, yada, 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 yada. It's just going to appear for me. Well, that's not the case. Life doesn't work like that. But we can meditate on it to the degree that it sets us into motion. And then we create a plan and then we execute on the plan. And then what we have envisioned begins to manifest, right? It begins to show up, but it's not because we just put it in our mind and focused on it so much that it came to us is because our thoughts went to our heart and our heart started to activate the mind in a manner that made, a, made us create a plan that we could execute on. And so for me, manifestation and vision in that matter is more about I'm going to visualize this and then I'm going to create a plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna, something inside of me is going to be triggered and activated to actually start working toward whatever it is that have, I have visualized, whatever the vision is. Okay. And so not only that, but who do I have to become in order to attain that? So if I'm wanting, if I'm wanting something in life, who do I have to become in order to get that? And so it, to me, it's not about just, and once again, I'm not an expert on manifestation, but manifestation for a lot of people, it, the, the vibe I get is that, if I think about it enough, it's just going to appear. Right. Whereas I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I believe that if I think about it enough, I'll start to do everything I need to do to get to that point. I'll start becoming who I need to become in order to get to that point. You know, the Bible even talks about it. it the Bible talks about meditation, right? Finally, brothers, focus what is on focus on what is pure, what is right, what is holy, just, so on and so forth. It tells us meditate on these things, right? And so it also says that uh, do not be conformed 
to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So what does that tell us? There's nothing new. Like people saying, we think about things, you meditate on things, you visualize things. Well, that's nothing different than scripture's telling us. Scripture's mm-hmm. telling us that we, that we become transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. So when we start to think on things, when we feed our mind the right things, the things that are pure, holy, just, right, uh, the truth-driven things, it starts to sink into our heart. And it starts becoming a part of who we are. And then we start living that away. Um, and, and so anyway, uh, to me, yeah, manifestation is uh, one of those things. That it, it's just, uh, it, it requires action. And, and so do I believe in manifestation? Uh, maybe, I guess, to a degree, yeah. but I, I believe it requires action. Absolutely. So I'll give you one more. So you pulled some great verses there. And I'll, gi- I'll give you one more that I, that's my point to in biblical speak when it, when we, when my definition of, of, of manifestation. And so that's Matthew seven, seven. And so I have this posted all over my socials. And so Matthew seven, seven is, um, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to you. So to me, that, that is manifestation. That's ask. You have to speak it right. Mm-hmm. Physically say what it is that you want, whatever it yeah. is. Seek. Okay. Seek is, in order to go seek and look for something, you got to know what you're looking for. And that's, that is a part of action. I think of that as in terms of planning, right? Mm-hmm. Knock and the door will be open. Well, that is about as clear of an action as you can possibly get, right? But yeah. that's, the last, that's the last part of it. So I break that down with my kids all the time where I say, um, think it, see it, do it. But you can't, mm-hmm. you can't just think it, see it. There's do it at the end of that. You know, I, I heard a uh, I heard a, a saying the other day was um, Goya. So first you manifest, you think about it, whatever it is you want to do. People want to put together vision boards. You go right ahead, buddy. I, that's not for me, but I know people out there who do vision boards, right? You do all that yeah. stuff. But after that, it's Goya. Get off your ass. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know how many like, you know, I don't know how many businesses have been built or. Uh, things have been achieved or purposes found from sitting on a couch thinking about how great you're going to be. Yeah, no. There's the other doesn't, step. Doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. So I, I I love those scriptures you brought out, but I I'll drop I'll drop drop Matthew seven seven on there. Oh, that's it? good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's like it says uh to to what do you say? Ask, seek, ask, seek, and knock. Yeah. Yeah, and so asking is verbal, seeking is visual, and then knocking. Right. Is that physical part? It's like you said, getting up and and actually knocking doors down and searching for it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you need to get you need to go out and do. You can't just mm-hmm. you know think and and see, right? Yeah. You got you got to get off the bench. Bench people who are on the bench. If you're if we're if we're going to bring this into sports, you can think about a play. You can study a play. You can see the plays unfold. But if your ass is sitting on the bench, you're not doing anything. That doesn't yeah. mean that you're, that doesn't mean that you're not thinking about it and seeing it, but you mm-hmm. need to get off the bench, get off, get off, and start doing, right? And in your life, don't sit on the bench, right? Get out and do, get out, whatever it is. It can, and and that's where people get tripped up. I think is that they they think in terms of in doing, I have to do it all in one day. I know my mm-hmm. purpose, I see my vision, and now I got to go do it today. It's like, yeah, no, this is a this it's is process. a right. This is a, this is gonna be a thing, you know. <laughs> you got the rest of your life to try and figure out how to get this done. So if somebody comes to you and they say, Paul, I, I think I know my purpose. I, I, I think I got my vision, which I like that you said what. A lot of people focus on why. I like I like the what. What are you going to do? Okay, I yeah. understand, you know, know your why, sure, whatever. But what? You know, what are you going to do? What yeah. difference is it going to make? So mm-hmm. I come to you, Paul. I know my purpose. I see my vision and now what do I do? Do I go, do I go try to fix it this weekend? I fulfill my purpose in a a three day weekend. We got a three day weekend coming up. Do I, do I just go do it over this three day weekend? What's the, what's the first step there? Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's a good question. Uh, so no, it's not going to happen in a weekend. (laughs) I've been working on mine for what? Six years now, Mm -hmm. you know, and my grand vision is, 
is still kind of out there. The other thing I'd like to mention is I think, I think it evolves over time. We evolve as human beings. We, we get better. We learn things. We're, we're constantly being refined. And I believe that our vision can, can uh, evolve as well. You know, this, this season of my life may be about me serving men, but there may be a season of my life that comes along that that changes it changes and my purpose now is is shifting i kind of take you know the fork in the road and instead of staying on that path i feel like all right it's time for it's time for me to move into something else um and so there's always that chance but as far as really executing on purpose i think once we have the vision once we understand our purpose, once we understand our identity, it truly is about sitting down and game planning. It's like, okay, what are you going to do with that? You have your vision. You know your purpose. You know your identity. Let's look at the vision and figure out how you're going to get there, okay? In order for me to do X, I must do A, B, and C, you know, because uh, i got to make it through the alphabet, right? Let's just use the alphabet. Z is the end state. Well, we have to start at A and we have to connect all the dots, but that starts with a plan. It's like, okay, let's break this down. We're going to reverse engineer it. So let's just use numbers. For example, if my goal is to reach a hundred men this year, well then how many men do I need to reach in each quarter? Mm -hmm. So that what 25 men a quarter, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I'm going to break that down into 12 weeks. So how many men do I need to reach each week? Okay, boom, I have my number. How am I going to do that now? And I, am I going to cold call? Am I going to make it a point that every day when I'm out at Starbucks, I'm going to intentionally walk up to a guy and just kind of start probing him, you know, introduce myself, say, hey, man, you know, tell him who I am, but then just ask about his life. You know, what is my plan? And a lot of that is going to fall on our gifts. It's going to fall on our passions. It's going to fall on our strengths. And the, you know, the, the approach is going to be tailor suited to the individual person that is actually beginning to execute on that plan to reach their grand vision. And it's all about, so it's all about a plan at, at the end of the day, it's all about reverse engineering your mm -hmm. vision and creating a plan that you can begin to execute on one day at a time. And a lot of people listening to your podcast may have heard of uh, Atomic Habits, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. Atomic Habits talks about 1% every day, just 1%. We're not looking for 10, 20, 30, 50, 1% difference every day. If we can do 1% better every day, we're making progress. Over time, we're going to get the compounded interest on that. Over time, we will see the progress. Over time, we'll begin to see the puzzle come to its completion. Yeah, I, and the uh, the key point to that one percent, which there's a there's a one in sixty rule, uh, which was actually developed by pilots, which I've talked about on numerous podcasts. But the one in, the one percent rule, right? That one percent change. I think the key area there is change. You're doing something different. In order to get 1% better, you have to do something different. You can't yep. go out – I believe it was Trevor Cowley who we had on the show, and he used the, the example of fishing. You can't go out to the same fishing hole in the same spot using the same bait every single day and expect different results. Yeah. That, that's ludicrous. That's not mm -hmm. change. That's not 1% better. You're doing the same damn thing every day. That's not 1%. 1% better or 1% change – you're doing something different. You are changing. They might be small changes, but you're not doing the same damn thing every single day. And dude, reverse engineering, you're speaking my language now, man. Like I I I I believe in the in epics. Those are your big your big shots, the journey that you're about to go on. You could call them purpose for a year or, or whatever it is that you want to accomplish. I believe the epics can roll. I don't believe in resolutions. And then you reverse engineer that thing down, man. And I break them down into two-week intervals of measurables that I'm going to reflect on, I'm going to absorb. And then those two-week stories – I'm getting technical now, I know. All my agile people are out there like, yeah. And then I break them down into daily tasks. And I write them down, man. I got a planner. I got a planner right here that I write down all my tasks. And I just write them all down with my pink pen. 
And at the end of the day, check them off. And if, if I haven't checked every single one of them off, then I don't go to bed. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. that's how I, that's how I work, man. Well, dude, I, yeah. I, I love this conversation. I, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. And so yeah, how, how can somebody find uh, the true North podcast and how can somebody get in, in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. Just a true North man podcast. It's, you know, just search it on iTunes, Spotify, all the major uh, podcasting platforms. We're on there. Uh, as far as social media, we're on Facebook under true North man. We, we have our, our broader page, which anyone can join or follow. And then we have our private group as well. The true North man private group. Um, so you can find us on there. And of course my, my personal profile is just Paul beam 81, I believe. Paul Beam, you'll find me. Uh, not hard to find uh, on Facebook, and then on Instagram, it's Paul Beam official. And also, we have uh, True North Man, True dot North dot Man on Instagram as well, where uh, we we try to stay uh, fairly consistent over there. Instagram is not as good as Facebook. We're we, we've gotten the Facebook. Uh, down pretty well. We're, we are now moving into Instagram and trying to really stay consistent with that as well. But yeah, we can be found on both those platforms for sure. True North Man podcast. And then, hey, we, we have our Man Camp events uh, every spring, every fall. That's on our website, uh, true-north-ministries.com. It's soon to change, but I will not give you that address yet because we'll just direct that to the new one, the old one to the new one once we launch the new one. Nice. Dude, I love it, man. I love what you're doing. Um, I, I love the mission. I love your I love your purpose. Keep following it, dude. You're, you're, you're crushing it over there, man. I love it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Roy. Same with you, brother. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Innovare Podcast. You can listen to all episodes at InnovarePodcast.com, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are found. If you enjoy watching podcasts, check us out on YouTube for a visual behind-the-scenes look at all Innovare podcast episodes. We have recently released a community of entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Innovare Mindset. That's Innovare Mindset to join the private group of entrepreneurs changing the world. Until next time, guys. See ya.